Master Gardener program with our friend Barb Lamps. And good morning, Barbara. Hey, good morning, Karen. It's good to be here. It looks like we've finally been blessed with snow. Blessed? I don't know. I'm not, I wasn't too thrilled. I'll tell you, when we got the rain coming on, was it Wednesday? I asked Dwayne if I could take off a little early because I had so many leaves that I wanted to get off the lawn and yes. to get chopped. So he let me go a little early and I got out there and I my five horsepower shredder just started right up. And then I was able to spread it on some of my uh, bulbs that I just planted so they get a little more chance to establish themselves when the ground won't freeze so sure, right sure. away. So I've still got some left to do, but you know, this is going to melt. Well, at least I'm pretty sure it's going to melt. So we'll still have some more time to get, maybe in my case, I'm going to take some of my hostel leaves and things off to prevent um, the the slug eggs and things like that. Sure. You know, Karen, um, on Wednesday, David said, I think I, I better get out there. Our neighbor, our wonderful neighbor, Dwayne, has bought a, uh, a leaf picker upper that you pull behind his riding lawnmower, and it has a dump on it. Oh. And then he goes over and he dumps it. So it's like, it reminds me of our son Chad when he was about five or six years old. He had a Tonka truck. Oh. It was a dump truck. And every time you get outside, he'd load that dump truck up with things and he'd take it over and he dumped it. It was that act of dumping it. So here's Dwayne. He goes across not our not our general manager Dwayne. No. Just FYI. Our ma- neighbor. He goes across the street. He does three houses in oh. a row, picking up these leaves. He dumps them and and then he does his own and, and Where does he dump them? Uh, 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 not in the gutter, but in oh, on the curb by the uh, curbside. Oh, yeah, so the for the side. city pickup, right? Oh, for how the nice! City pickup, and then he did uh, two houses on our side. So David goes over, <laughs> and um, he told Dwayne. He said, "Don't worry about him." And so he picked up all of those, hauled them back to our shredder, and shredded them. And oh, how nice! Yeah. So now, I mean, to me leaf the leaf is such an it's gold it, it's gold well my neighbor gordy was uh in his yard raking and i said well i'll i'll take your leaves and he says oh no no i'll put them on the curb they'll take them and i go no 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 i want them and he goes well okay i'll bag them up for you so i helped him bag them up because uh you know i use them for mulch and i and also compost and things they're they're, they're very valuable yeah exactly which talking about leaves and trees takes us to a question we got from sam this morning and Sam asked uh, about uh, trees. About he said, do the conifers uh, do they continue to take in oxygen in the winter? They and well carbon, yeah, because he was wondering about. Uh, excuse me, carbon. It was yes. Ben actually. Oh, was it okay? It was Ben. Ben, okay. yeah, yeah, he was wondering. He says, you know, we're talking about trees and the benefits they yeah. have of, of taking carbon, and he says, well, do they continue to do that in the winter? Because a lot of times the, the leaves fall off, but conifers still have green on them. So, do you know the answer to that? I didn't. Y- yeah, well, um, I do. As a matter of fact, if you know, it goes back to how this whole thing of photosynthesis works, and um, the leaf on the tree. It, it takes in carbon and it uses that carbon to make sugars to feed the rest of the trees. But the rest of the tree, but the thing the leaf has, it has, and I may pronounce this wrong, but they're stomatase. That's the little cells. Stomata? Oh, you could call it stomata too. But maybe with the plural stomate? Uh, I think so. Okay. <laughs> or, or somatate. Somatate. Okay. okay. Somatate. 
Anyway, there these little openings. So there it is. It's busy. It's taking in carbon. It's feeding the tree. And the, um, the uh, needles on the conifers have to do the same thing. They have to get this food. And these leaves or needles are factories making food, making energy for the trees. And so the... The deciduous trees, that's the tree that loses the leaves. They are just like us in the summertime. They go full blast. They're working and working and working and working and making all this energy. And then as uh, the days get cooler and shorter, they they stop doing these things. And so they start... You see the color, then the chlorophyll leaves the leaf, and, uh, and then the leaf starts dropping. Well, <clears throat> if you think about the conifers, um, they don't lose their, their needles. Right. And we keep saying, you know, be sure they go into the winter well watered yes. because they're not going dormant. And if you think of, if you go to a mountainous area, like when I go to Alaska, um, and I'm the, surrounded by the Chugach Mountains, those, those mountainsides are covered with conifer trees. And if we didn't have those, those taking in this uh, carbon, giving off oxygen, you know, what would you do in a valley like that if you didn't get clean air in there? Oh, yeah. But when I'm there... I am so invigorated. I mean, with asthma, that absolutely clean air is amazing. So uh, to, to answer Ben, right, mm-hmm. Ben's question, uh, yeah, they're, they're busy, yes. They don't go dormant in the winter. Okay, right. So they keep working. Yes, they, they, they absolutely do. There's one, you know, the tamaracks, that's a conifer. It loses its They do needles. lose their needles. And yeah. isn't the, the ginkgo in a semi-evergreen or something category as well? Not that I know oh, of. Oh, okay. I don't know. As why far I as I know, they always lose their... Well, they do lose their leaves, yeah. Right. But, well, you know, the oak tree, uh, that living oak that they have in the south, it it doesn't... It It's interesting. People say, well, it lives... It, that's why we call it the living oak, because it doesn't lose its needle, its leaves. But it does. It leads, loses and and grows new leaves throughout the year, gradually. Oh, and I, I looked up the ginkgo just to make sure. It's also called... A, a maidenhair is a broadleaf deciduous tree. While it loses its leaves in winter, it is classified as a conifer and is dioecious meaning that some trees are male while others are female. That's the, true. The ginkgo biloba's uniquely fan-shaped leaves start out green but change to golden yellow in the fall. So, But they do lose their leaves well, they whether do. they're male or female. They, right, but they, but I guess they, they're also classified as a conifer and dioecious, which is interesting. Yeah, which we should look at that. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I've got the ginkgos and I love my ginkgos and I planted another one in my sister-in-law's yard uh, and I planted another one called troll, which is a little dwarf one. So it's going to stay about three feet tall at its its highest, about three feet wide. So it's more like a shrub. You know, it's just amazing what trees can do and how they can take the genes and how they can backbreed them so that they get so small again. Because at one time they were smaller. And then, you know, um, 
good environmental conditions and they get taller and taller. So, And uh, some of these are uh, kind of like what we've talked about before, like the hosses are, are sports where they found some that have grown that are sort of a mutation or something, which is how they've gotten some of these little troll or these little yeah, uh, right. dwarf trees. Yeah, that, 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 is, that is absolutely true. I have two maples that, that were discovered in northern Minnesota, and this was um, in the... 70s, I would say, and and they're called the Northwoods maples. Oh, and um, and and they thought they were so beautiful. The university um, dug them and and uh, uh, reproduced them, and they finally got on the market. And Dr. Liam Snyder just said, "Well, if you're going to have a maple, this is the one to have." And I have those two, and I have to say. At first, they were quite good and quite vigorous. Mm-hmm. I think where they where they got them from, they must have had more acidy soil. And every year, I was looking at some old pictures yesterday because I planted one when my granddaughter was born and one when the neighbor's um, daughter was born because they're just a few months apart. So we call them Jamie and Devon's oh, trees. Okay. And, uh, and it's interesting because the one that's in front, uh, which is getting the most sunlight, that one always changes to a really gorgeous red. The one that is further back uh, never is quite as bright as, as that one is. But, but it is interesting uh, the way we have been able to manipulate our environment with trees and things. And I read an article this week by Norman Winter, the plant guy. And he's uh, a syndicated columnist. He lives in Georgia. I have met him, and he's really, uh, he's, he's really an amazing person and just grows all kinds of things for proven winners. And he was singing the praises of the new hydrangeas. He's been growing them out in his garden, new colors, blazing red and purple he uses in different sizes. So he said, when you go to the market this year, this summer, uh, look for these new introductions because all of a sudden you uh, this tree is not going to be a specimen anymore, but put it in and mix it with other colors, and you're going to have this really amazing combinations of colors. I love that. The one thing about hydrangeas, with we talk about the crossing and things, they have improved the uh uh, the stem strength because a lot of times you see some of those mop heads and they would just flop and it's yeah. really frustrating so if you have some of those old ones they might still flop and that's the thing I think as a gardener like you and I we like to try new things because sometimes they've been improved and yet we still don't have <laughs> the space necessarily but it's always good to look ahead to see sometimes maybe because I've got some of those hydrangeas where the, the, the heads get so big and the, the, the stems aren't as strong so I want to maybe replace them with something that isn't going to flop so there's always something new and sometimes you just have to dig up something to uh, replace it if, if you, you know. Yeah, you know, that is so true. And this summer, I am taking out my foundation plantings in front of my house. But Now, I, that's mostly junipers, correct? Yes, yes. And, and they're overgrown. And they're overgrown. And I wanted them that way to keep the deer, because actually oh. I have a... Um, a sunken greenhouse out there, and um, and and that's the only way I I've got to keep something in front of it. And what do you mean a sunken greenhouse? Well, you just go. I've um, looked at your house. I've never seen any. No, green. you can't because of the shrubs oh. there. Yeah. So right. what do you mean? It's I don't uh, so. 
um, you just um, go deep into the soil, whatever you want to go, uh-huh. six feet down, eight feet down, and brick it in and uh, get a glass roof for it. Wait a minute. So there's a glass roof behind all those shrubs in front of your house? Sure. Yeah. Really? Yeah, right. And that's wow. where some of my plants go down. It's I did not know that because I was wondering how in the world you do that. Yes. I'm going to have, you've never shown me that, Barb. Oh, well, it's just, it's, it's interesting. Secret, uh, secret people will say, you know, I can see this light reflecting up there along your foundation, but I don't understand what that oh. is. Is that all those lights? No, that's my underground greenhouse there. So is it a glass top then? It It is. It is. And then it it's um, like made out of like storm windows would be. Yeah. So I have screens in it so I can open and close them. It's heated though? Uh, yeah. From like it's part of your house. Yeah, it is. It is. Wow. Then I also have the windows to go in there. So if it gets really cold, I can take things out of there. I can close up the storm windows on the inside. Well, so what are you going to, you're going to di- uh, take away the junipers, which obviously are, are like a big wall protecting that. So yeah. if you take them out, what's going to happen well, then? Well, I'm looking at hydrangeas. Oh. And, uh, you know, they come in different sizes. Right. And um, I just... I want to really be sure that I plant the right things there because I don't want to be digging things up and moving them around again. And I don't want something that the deer are going to eat. But so far, um, the hydrangeas that I have on the side of the house, they have not touched them. You know, the one thing about junipers, um, I I had arborvitae actually around my lake house and stuff, is some of them that are really old have developed some significant roots and things. So that's going to be kind of tricky. And that's why you really need to be careful when you plant things next to your foundation that they don't have roots that are going to wreck your foundation too. And I don't, you know, I don't know if you've had any issues. They're not close to the foundation because they're in front of this thing. Ah. So so that's that's what their purpose has been. But, um, and the birds love it. It is is a home for um, so many birds in the winter. You mean the junipers? Yes. Oh, yes. the arborvitaes are really great for that too. Y- yeah, that's that's what. Uh, but the you know what the deer ate all my arborvitaes. They did. Yes, oh. between the uh, rabbits that started right at the bottom in the winter time, and the deer who just came. You know, we actually have a great big stag with this great big rack on him that comes up through the yard. I think I've seen him when I've driven through the neighborhood. He has like an eight point buck or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've exactly. seen him when I've driven around there. And and now he's been following the um, the doe around. Oh. So I think he wants to mate with her. And then we have a turkey. She brings her uh, younger teenage uh offspring up with her and and here's a question for Al Bad. now these teenagers there's seven of them and one is very unruly they the other six walk right behind the mother and she leads the way and this one either lags behind or races ahead it's just so typical. so what's your question my question is you know, what what happens to these uh, young offspring in the winter now do they do they stay with the mom do they become independent do they uh fly up in the trees and nest there <laughs> no they go they fly up to the north pole with santa uh, yeah right <laughs> okay, right okay. well they'll be they'll be there again next year they won't leave believe you me so um it's it, it's interesting to see them as a matter of fact uh everybody kind of takes a delight in seeing them but seeing them but 
nobody feeds them, thank heavens. So <laughs> well, there are people that I know that do yeah. feed them, and and you know, in a way, that's not a not necessarily a good thing in town because you know that's right. I've seen so many along the road these days too that have been hit, and it's so. It's, oh sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. We I, I, I wrote that question. I'm sending it to Al now as yeah, we speak, so yeah. next Tuesday he can answer that. Oh, that's great because I, we, um, my neighbor Mrs. J too is quite concerned about these seven offspring. What will happen to them this right. winter? And I understand that they don't nest on the ground in the winter time; that they do get up off the ground because we do have um, fox in, oh. up there too. So, um, yeah, you've the, got a little of everything. You've got because it's a lot ravine. Ah, oh, it is, and it has water down there. So they and they can easily cross over to the other side of Glenwood Avenue, right? And go back. That's and where forth. I saw them was crossing Glenwood Avenue. Oh the yes, other day, the oh eight yes. Point Buck. And and everybody stops, thank heavens, for yeah, that. so far. Right, That's the right. thing. Well, um, I think the snow's going to melt, Barb. Yes, I'm I hope guessing so. it will. So I'm still, I've still got things to do outside, um, and I don't know about you, but I'm going to still try and get done what I can. And yeah. I'm, I'm really organizing my greenhouse. Oh, good for you. And um, which one? Your basement one or your uh, outside? No, the outdoor one. Okay. And I tell you what. Um, you know, you accumulate things. You accumulate, uh, yeah. especially pots. And if I see a vase that I like, and I think <laughs> I like to give flowers away, so I like yes. to have vases. And and then you get, uh, you you buy things, and they come in a pot, like a plastic pot. And you think, well, you know, maybe I could use that again. Maybe you were going to have a plant sale or something. I'm going to need these things. So I um, I have workbenches on. Um, two sides in my greenhouse, I've got to at least get them into compartmentalize them so that all the plastics are together, the clays are together, oh, sure. and, and things that could go. And being, uh, I can't get rid of things all at once. If I'm taking things to the thrift shop, I can walk through and say, mm, okay, I can part with this one. It's right. been around here. It hasn't been used. Uh, that one's going, this one's going, and this one's going. And, and that works really well for me. You know, one thing I didn't get done is I didn't get a chance to clean out my rain barrels. I did empty them of water, but they get that algae on the inside. They do. Am I going to be in trouble or am I going to have to wait till spring or what are you thinking now? No, because you know, when we first got rain barrels, uh, we didn't always clean them out. We emptied them out. Right. But then we found that um, <clears throat> in the fall when you drain the water, because the sides that are getting that algae in the inside. Yeah, a little green. It, it's, it's, it's easy. We use a pressure washer. But I mean, well, if they I shouldn't say we. It's always David. <laughs> but well, if they sit over the winter, is it no, I th I think you just put okay. some water in there. And do you have a pressure washer? I do. It, that just zip, 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 and it's done. Well, although it is hard to get in because it only has so big of a hole on the top, so you really have to kind of. Yeah, you do. But yeah. I mean, um, you can kind of eyeball it and turn it around upside yeah. down. And okay, well, and I was just kind of concerned about that because yeah. you know the main thing one is one thing I have. They're empty. Drain them. Yeah, and turn pots, them upside down. I have lost a number of very beautiful clay pots because I've left the soil in the past. Oh, yeah. And, you know, this year, though, Jeff helped and got all the dirt out of them because a lot of people think, oh, well, I'll just put it in my garage with the dirt in. Well, still, if they get cold, it's that expansion thing, and I've yeah. lost some in there. So if you've got some nice pots, even plastic ones with dirt in it, I mean, sure. it expands, and you can, I've, I've lost a rain barrel for letting 
water freeze in it. So it's just something to keep in mind sure. if you don't want to lose good stuff. And the hose, too. Oh, be right. Be sure you take your hose in, you know, and be sure it's... Um, you can hook your... Um, air compressor onto that if you have an air compressor oh, sure. and you blow that out i so just kind of hold it up and you know yeah right you can do that too empty that it by hand sort of yeah yeah I mean, there's lots of things to getting ready for winter and no matter how many times i walk through my garden it seems like i find something else to do uh, no i oh. find i find a little ornamental thing that I shouldn't leave out. I need to pick oh, it up. Yeah. And, you know, things get, they hide under the leaves, big leaves of, of hostas and things like that. And so I have to do that. And um, also, uh, I straighten up my markers if I've had markers in, and I try and find those and get those straightened up, so I'll find them next no, year. No, I just started using uh, markers for my hostas, and my sure. sister made the labels, and they're, the, they're called Kincaid, so they're a, a nice galvanized stainless steel my sister takes hers in, which I don't because I would never remember what they all were. But she says she's worried that the snow will break them. Have you had issues with that? I've never used anything like that. Oh. Uh, that were metal. I've used plastic and I've used wood. Okay, I've used wood and that usually rots after a, a couple of years. It, it does. That's that's absolutely right. It rots in the ground. Right. That, that, and then it breaks part. off. Right. <clears throat> right. And then I, it's hard to find something that you can write on there with that the sun doesn't fade. Well, I actually, with my wood ones, I have a wood burner and I actually burned the, the name in the wood, which was perfect, except Great. then they broke off anyway, so it was kind of like, well, yeah. so much for well, that. Well, here, I do have a new journal going. I have um, been writing uh, particularly about lilies and what I'm learning about oh. lilies, the differences. And now, are you talking Asiatics? We're talking Asiatics, Orientals, and um, yeah, and anything in between. So Okay, because you'll have to compare notes with Grant, who my son, and they just had an educational meeting with the North Star Lily Society about a guy who who makes crosses and breeds lilies. And it's really quite a process. I mean, it takes at least three years to get a new variety of the Asiatics, sure. and it takes about seven for Martagons. So sometimes when you see those prices in the store, you say, Martagon, why are they so expensive? It's just a lily. Well, it's all that breeding and the background and raising sure. them, et cetera. So, you know, just things like that that I think you come to appreciate when you really know all that goes into to getting those. Right. And it's interesting how... Um, this one lily, which is called lollipop, that's, I think that's an Asiatic. Yes, it is, because I got one for my sister. It's a smaller one. Yeah, it is smaller. <clears throat> I've had it for years. Incredibly hardy. And um, and I've divided it and moved it around. I mean, when you say divided it, I've dug bulbs and moved and them around. And spread them, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and um it it, um, it doesn't last a long time. It doesn't bloom for a long period of time. Now... In Alaska, my son also has that one, and it it, it blooms a lot longer because of the cooler weather. I, I imagine. I think, and they have the long days of of, su oh. of light. You know, they don't get the sun, but they have all twelve hours, fourteen hours of right. daylight. Yeah, that'll that that seems to agree with that one. So it's it's interesting getting the right soil conditions and the right 
place for it, whether it's shade or whether it's sun. And we have to keep looking now because, like with these new hydrangea that uh, have been introduced by proven winners, uh, make sure we get we can grow a 4B, which we're right on the edge That's of That's our zone. That's our zone. We're right on the edge of being 5 now. And so. they say if you want to try a 5, you can, but you might not have it last long. So that's the thing. You risk spending sure. that money and not lasting. But you can try it. And some people say, well, I've been growing such and such, like a let's say a Japanese maple for years in this spot. And it could be because it's a microclimate. Because I've always wanted to, too, but I'm not risking it. So I planted a Korean maple, and that is just beautiful. Sure. You know, the thing about these uh, uh, microclimates is all it takes is one drought or one oh, winter to where, where it's minus 40 below or high winds. Too extreme for yeah, it. Yeah, these extreme conditions, and it wipes them out just like that. So uh, it's it's okay. I mean, if you have the money to spend the time, and if that's what you've always wanted, do uh, it. Go, go for it. Do that. So, yeah. Barb, I'm getting a lot of uh, online. I, get, I don't know about you, but I get a lot of online emails from plant companies, etc. I've gotten so many buy for spring. They're now, you know, the fall season for selling oh, stuff yes. is done. Now they want you all to buy for spring. You get a deal, etc. Yeah. I have to restrain myself thinking, where am I going to put this? Yeah, exactly. That's my big thing, too. Um, especially this one company. I mean, oh, it always starts Which out Which one with is yours? Brex. Oh, Brex, Brex. Yeah, I like Spring Hill. 75% off. Oh, know? right. Yeah. And, and, um, it, it and you just think, no, it's not really a bargain when I don't know this, when this is going to get to me. And by the time I put in the sales tax that they charge, plus the shipping, shipping. Mm-hmm. no way, no way. That's you know, I do it for special things that I know I can't find locally, for example. Yes. But but you're right. Sometimes it is it a deal. Um, and if you don't get it in the ground, which I've done, I've gotten plans sure. and I have gotten them in the ground and they die. Was that a deal? No, no. no. <laughs> exactly. And even if, you know, you write to them and they say, you know, well, you know, your satisfaction is guaranteed. Well, they are very good usually about replacing yes, things. Yes, but then you have to wait to see when that's going to come oh, right. and when you can plant it and leave a space for it. Or so. sometimes they give you a refund, which is kind of defeats your purpose of wanting to have gotten something. Sure. Yep. You know, I think we're... Um, our nurseries are doing a better job of giving us a bigger selection Choice, of yes. plants and that they're following. I love to see, and and I'm not promoting this, but I love to see proven winners. They, I, whether it's a box store or a regular nursery, they have them. They, they just... They just do so much better in my garden throughout the summer. Absolutely. Really well, We are out of time, but Barb, it's always great to have you, and I hope you have a great weekend. Hey, thank you so much, and the same to you, and thank you to our listeners for listening, and thank you to Ben for your question. We hope we answered it for yeah, you. Yeah, we hope yep. we do. Thank you very much, Barb. Appreciate it. It is one minute past 10, and you are listening to a Minnesota Morning on the Maverick at KMSU Radio 89.7 FM in Mankato and KMSK 91.3 FM in Austin, online at KMSU.org. Broadcasting from the campus of Minnesota State University, Mankato, Big Ideas and Real World Thinking. And today's programming is a day sponsored by Neil.